great morning, beautiful morning. Welcome to our party, folks. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting's weekly garden program. We call it the Gestalt Gardener, and I'm your host, Horticulture's Felder Rushing. The Rolling Stones of Cucumbers, I've been called. The Tomato Marley Mon. Anyway, our producer is an awesome Java Chapman, and uh, Rosemary Lewis is going to be the phone greeter. And for the next hour or so, we're going to have fun talking about gardening. Coming up today is early February broadcast. We'll give you a heads up on some things you can be doing in your southern garden, believe it or not. Share a really cheesy music selection that's guaranteed to make you grind your teeth, which I love doing here at MPB. But mostly it's live, folks, and I'm going to be talking with you in real time about what's going on or not in your own February gardens. It's a live program, folks. Sit back. We're going to take some news and come back for a few minutes and start this informal party we call the Gestalt Garden and Get Dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Phil Rush. And man, oh man, am I glad to be in. Oh, oh, the, I wish we could just take this microphone outside. It is such a pretty day. I mean, Java, it's, it's gorgeous. The sun is out. It's warm. And it's going to be raining the next couple of days. Well, it's good for the plants, right? Yeah, it's really good for plants. But, you know, anyway, we can, I, I've got some cheesy tune coming up <laughs> that will sort of get people thinking about getting out and doing some stuff. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. Glad to um, see your mug <laughs> across from across from me. I have been on the road. Been on the road. Matter of fact, uh, I'm, I got to admit, you know, I, I talked about answering my emails. Uh, I, I I lost my laptop in an airport in Europe. Wait a minute. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to smuggle some plants, and they pushed my <laughs> they pushed my little you know they pushed my man purse off to one side to to give it extra screening, and I forgot that my laptop was in an extra thing, and I just went off and forgot it. So anyway, I had to shut it down in case somebody stole it. I shut down all my my uh, my passwords and stuff, and when I got back here, I couldn't remember my password because you you know when you have your own computer, it just comes right on. And a uh, long story short, I fiddled around with it so much that uh, that Yahoo <laughs> blocked me. They said I can't try again till this afternoon. So anyway, I don't have any emails to talk about because they're locked up on my phone, my computer, everything. And uh, by the way, they found the computer. Uh, the security people found it. They're shipping it to me from someplace in Europe. I don't know. Well, that's good. I yeah. mean, hopefully we get enough calls to to, to hold us together. <laughs> I hope so, because I got some cheesy music. Hey, you know, there's some things going on this weekend, uh, and it is a live call-in program, folks. You want to give us a call, it's one eight seven seven mpb ring I want to throw a couple of things out, though. This Saturday, uh, from 9 o'clock until when we get tired of it, I'm going to be having a free seminar on choosing, selecting, planting, pruning, all about taking care of the best kind of fruit plants that grow in regular yards. You don't have to have an orchard, have a fig tree or blueberry or muscadines or quince. Or We're going to talk about it all. And if you want to know anything at all about choosing the right kinds of fruits, the best varieties for our area, uh, how to plant them and prune them and all that kind of stuff, it's going to be free at Hutto's, which is a garden center on Ellis Avenue, right off of Interstate 20 in Jackson. We're going to start right at 9 o'clock. There's usually a big crowd. It's indoors, so if it's raining, you ain't got anything better to do. Come on, let's talk about fruit plants. Again, that's at Hutto's. Uh, next Wednesday, for those of you down in uh, in the Mobile area and in uh, Pensacola area who are listening, uh, I'm going to be having a another free presentation starting at 11 o'clock in um, 
Gulf Shores, just dr- 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 Gulf Shores, Alabama. It's going to be. It's not. It's sponsored by the Friends of the Library, but it's at the Civic Center. I'm not sure what they call it, but uh, anyway, if you want some information, it's going to start at 11 o'clock. It's free. I'm going to talk about everything, all the weird stuff you can grow in every possible kind of container, some unusual containers, uh, including green roof and raised beds and and uh, uh, even uh, a little contraption I built that I put my garbage cans on the driveway up under. I made a little raised bed. You can park a garbage can under. It's got herbs and, and uh, succulent stuff growing on it. So anyway, all about growing Anything in anything. This is going to be 11 o'clock next Wednesday down in Gulf Shores. Want some information? Shoot me an email at, at uh, garden at mpbonline.org or call the Gulf Shores Library. Hey, let's jump right in. we got a caller from Madison. Hey, Jim, good morning. Good morning, Felder. How are you? So far, so good. I ended up pretty, hope you've been outside. It's pretty. I certainly have. I've been outside for a couple of hours. It's a gorgeous morning. What's up? I've got a mature white... Um, Quite myrtle that's never been pruned that has started sending up shoots from the roots yeah. uh, like 10 to 15 feet out from the base of the tree. Yeah. And I was just wondering if there's any way to control that other than just mow them down. Nope, nope really not. Because, uh, you know, if you, you know, cutting down is all you can do. You can't spray them with anything because they're actually growing on the roots of your crepe myrtle. And uh, there, there are some crepe myrtles that will seed themselves around, but chances are yours are just suckers coming up from the root of the base. Nothing we can do with that except just keep cutting them. Okay. That's what I figured, but I needed the expert confirmation. Okay. It's either that or just let that yard be a, a crepe myrtle thicket. Oh, my, home, my homeowners <laughs> association would let would come and shoot me before so, they'd allow that. What you get for joining <laughs> one of those things. Uh, I hear you. <laughs> Good luck, man. Thanks. All righty. That was Jim in Madison. Let's go uh, up to Horn Lake. Hey, David, how are you this morning? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I got two questions about trees. Okay. Uh, first one is catafa trees. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that you can attract the worms that used to get on them? I've got I've got several different trees, and I can't get a worm one on them. Yeah, there sort of is, sort of is. And that's to find somebody who's selling catafa worms. And put them on your tree and hope that they pupate, drop to the ground, and come out as mature moths. The only way you can get them is to attract the catalpa moths only lay eggs on catalpa trees. And uh, if there's not a whole bunch of them out there around Horn Lake, the moths just aren't going to be there. So you got you got to introduce them. uh, I don't know if there's anybody who sells the little cocoons or the live larvae in the summertime. I just don't know. Okay. And the second question is... uh, Oak galls. My oak trees are full of them. Is, will that uh, kill or damage the tree? It'll sort of damage it. When I was in college way back, when learning to identify different kinds of plants. In the wintertime, I learned to identify certain kinds of oaks by the kind of galls they had. And uh, there, what, what happens when the insect lays the egg on the twig and that gall grows around the, the egg and the larvae, anything from there out will eventually break and fall off. But this like just tip you know it's it's like just cut off the tips of the branches doesn't hurt the tree overall it is nothing you can do about it anyway okay thank you so much okay good luck on it all right bye-bye he's talking about oak gall g-a-l-l that's those round things that grow on uh on twigs and things there's really nothing you can do about it because they're they're the larvae uh the little coco- eggs and cocoons the larvae of a of a, a little wasp a little bug that lays eggs on the twig. No way to keep that from happening. So it's really interesting because on one hand, he wanted to attract worms and stuff to eat the leaves of his catalpa. He wants to know how to keep them off his other tree, whatever. 
Anyway, uh, by the way, Java, last week you had a good suggestion. Um, you know, we were talking about it being a Black History Month, and I was I was saying how many plants we grow in southern gardens that we depend on that are from Africa. And so you said, why don't I come up with a list? And I put a list with pictures and everything uh, on my on my blog. And I and I, you know, you you told me about it this morning. And I looked on the blog, and you are already teaching people because this one lady she left a comment and said yep. she um has all like most of those plants, but she didn't know that they actually originated or from or native, you know, from Africa. Yeah, well, you know, it's just uh every every place has got native plants. I love native plants. I'm past president of our native plant society, but I love certain plants from Asia like crepe myrtle and azaleas and camellias, and I like things from Europe, you know, lettuce, for example, um, carrots, uh, South America, our coleus, so many of our, our tropical gingers and elephant ears, uh, but things like okra and sweet uh, black-eyed peas and figs and periwinkle and bachelor buttons and uh, amaryllis. There's so many great, great perennials and bulbs and annuals and vegetables, cotton uh, coffee comes from Africa. It's coffee arabica. Uh, we have so many great, great, great. Anyway, if you're interested in that or interested to see how many of the plants in your garden happen to come from there, go to my website, my blog. It's real, real easy, blog or just blog. And uh, click on the little word that says blog, and it'll take you right to it. I've got some pictures, and, and I've got them broken down by what kind of plants, annuals, vegetables, perennials, bulbs, uh, vines, things like that. So anyway, it's just a little interesting exercise, and I'll do the same thing for, for uh, plants from Asia, South America, Europe, uh, North America, great native plants for our landscapes. That's what I enjoy doing. It's just an exercise, and I'm glad I can share. But again, go to Felder Rushing blog. Click on the little word that says blog, and you'll take it from there. There's also a, an essay there about our old friend Dr. Dirt, who passed away last year, and uh, he had a lot of, lot of, lot of real good things to say. Hey, we're going to be talking about gardening. If you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Be glad to talk with you. The lines are wide open, and Rosemary Lewis is is our, our phone greeter. Be glad to take in. We'll and we'll talk with anything that's on your gardening mind. Um, I don't have any emails today because my server locked me out. I forgot my password and ran up too many attempts to guess it. They said I can check again this afternoon. Um, while I was walking in uh, today, uh, I was looking at stuff that's growing in people's yards and what's blooming. I stopped and grabbed a couple of uh, things to talk about, including azaleas. Tell them about the switch. The switch. Hey, <laughs> hey, let's 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 see if we can let's see if we can make this sound. This from see if this works. You gonna pull up some memories? Yep. Oh. <laughs> you know, we were lucky to be raised at age where mamas used to make us go out and cut our own switch. I, know. I think I think that's kind of uniquely southern. I don't I, know who else who else makes makes their child get their own switch. I don't know, but I, I tell you what, you know, my my daughter's never been switched, and she should have been a few times. But it's really weird because being a girl, uh, you know, all girls, she grew up knowing how to avoid that kind of stuff. But here's a weird thing, you know, that little sound a switch makes a little. That sound, she can make that sound with her eyes. She just look at me, and I hear. <laughs> Those little girls, man, they can cut you down. <laughs> yeah, speaking of cutting, I, I did grab this uh, crepe myrtle. It's about what about five feet long, about as big around. Would you say about as big around as a pencil? Wait a second, you're too young to even know what a pencil is. They don't have pencils for people your age. <laughs> anyway, listen to that. I just broke off a piece about the size of a pencil, 
This is the crepe myrtle branch. You can do it with the roses, crepe myrtles, anything that blooms in the summer, drops its leaves. You can take this pencil-sized piece of stick, stick it in some dirt right now, this weekend, and this spring when it sprouts out, it'll grow roots. Now, see, that's the stuff that amazes me. You know, every crepe, every crepe myrtle you buy in any garden center anywhere, every rose, they're all grown from cuttings about that big, uh, set out in the plant at this time of year. So anyway, so it's a good time to prune roses, a good time to, to root roses. Um, we'd like to throw out a couple of other things. We're going to take a quick break and come back. We've got a Dennis and Wooly. We're going to be talking about gardening, folks. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're going to come back and talk with you live about what's going on in your garden. By the way, uh, my some of my early daffodils got burned a little bit. Um, my confederate or star jasmine, the bark is split, but it's coming up from the ground. And um, I'm going to start growing some seed potatoes this weekend. Maybe we can talk about that when we come back. Growing Irish potatoes from pieces you cut up and stick in the dirt. We're going to come back with more of the Gestalt Garden here on MPB right after this. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Okay, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Uh, I got pansies in bloom. I've got violas in bloom. I've got kale, purple kale, and blue kale, and and uh, some frilly kale looking good. My uh, spring wildflowers are coming up. And I wanted to mention this, uh, Java. When I first came in, I showed you this tiny little looks like a little fern. It's about the size of the end of my finger. A little bitty ferny looking thing. The reason I wanted to point this out, because this tiny little thing right here is going to give people fits in another couple of months, and there ain't squat we can do about it then. This is called stickers. Uh, sometime in late April or May, people are going to call up want to know what they can do about stickers. The stickers are the seeds of a plant that's growing right now, and it flowers, little tiny flowers, and it sets seeds and dies. And the dead plant throws its seeds in the bottom of your feet when you walk on them. Stickers are the seeds of a dead plant. So if you want to keep them from making the stickers, if you want to keep them from getting to that point, causing you problems this spring and summer, you can treat them now. Right now the plants are small. They look like little ferns. Uh, all the w- winter wildflowers up. I've seen henbit. I've seen a little bit of, of uh, clover. I've seen wild onions and garlic and stickers and little things like that are up and green right now in your lawn, you can treat them on a pretty weekend if you want to. I, I, like, I think they're wildflowers. I think they're perfectly okay. Stickers don't bother me because I wear flip-flops. But if you want to get rid of them this spring, now's the time to do it. Anything that says it'll control dandelions will control most of the weeds in your garden. Use just the spray, not the weed and feed. So if you four things you can do for your lawn, the only thing you can be doing this time of year until time to fertilize in April is to try to treat those winter weeds, and this is the time of year to do it. Let's go to Clinton and talk with Dennis. Thank you for holding, man. What's going on? Oh, nothing much. How I really enjoy your show. Thanks. What can yeah, I, help I got you? a question here. I've got this. I Googled it, and it's uh, black rot, uh, black knot. I guess you call it. Black on your knot plums? On my plum tree. Yeah. It's on one tree, and it's, it's pretty severe. Yeah. What can be done about that? Well, if you Google, you know there ain't squat you can do about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, you know, black knot is a, is actually a bacterial disease, it's not a fungus, it's a bacteria. And once it causes those, and once it gets into the twig or the branch, it grows in there. You know, all you can do is cut that branch off. But if you got it all over your tree, you know, there's there's no way to prune enough of it. And some some plums are resistant to black knot. Some are so susceptible. I don't even recommend people plant those varieties. So anyway, there's no kind of spray you can use for black knot. Nothing. Really. Yeah, and you know sometimes they'll make a you know they'll they'll flower, and they'll make a few plums and all, and you can prune, but you know there, there's no treatment for it. Is what I'm saying. But can you prune it all the way down, like really down? Yeah, you you can, but the new growth's going to come out. It's going to get black knot. Black knot, the the bacteria that causes black knot is like mosquitoes, man. It's just everywhere, and the plants, you know, it's, it's just like cold germs. And if you've got the plant that's susceptible to it, it's just going to get it on the new growth that comes back. So, what I would do is I just try to keep the tree healthy, try to thin out some of the clutter, and uh, what's left could flower and make some some plums, and uh, see if you can live with some of the black knot. Okay, well we'll try that. Thank Sorry, you. guy. Appreciate your call. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. I am talking about home fruits tomorrow, by the way. Everything you need to know about the right kinds of fruits, the right varieties, including disease-resistant varieties, how to plant and prune them. That's going to be at Hutto's Garden Center on Ellis Avenue starting at 9 o'clock Saturday morning. Let's go up to Greenville to the Delta. See what, What's up, Willie? It's Wally. Wally. It's Wally. close. Wally. Okay. What's up, Sir Wally? Well, one of the questions I had was about pre-emergence. You're thinking about that, and is it time for me to do that? And the second question was about cladiums. I love them, but I have a problem here in the Delta. Am I planting them too deep because they'll rot before they ever come up, or do I need to just wait? Well, a couple of things. Yeah, let's 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 do them. Uh, the first one first. Uh, pre-emerge is a granular material you put down before weed seeds sprout that kills right. them as they sprout. You could put down pre-emerge late this month or March for summer weeds. But if you wanted to keep it from the winter weeds from coming up, you have to put it down in like September, October. Once right. the winter weeds come up, you know, pre-emerge does it only works on seeds as they sprout. So, so uh, what you're saying, I can wait until first of next month to put put down some pre-emergence. For yeah, for for your summer weeds. By the way, right. don't 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 get sucked into using weed and feed. There's not enough pre-emerge. There's not enough weed killer in the weed and feed to really do that much good. And right. it's always too early. And I'm from the Delta, by the way. I'm born and I raised. Know. And I, I, fl- I flunked out of Moorhead. I know. And uh, <laughs> you know, and and it, it, we really should not put any fertilizer on grass till the middle of, till it's been mowed a time or two in April. Now, right. but, now back to your uh, caladiums. I used to work at a garden center over in Indianola called Pearson's, and we grew. Oh. A lot of, we grew a lot of caladiums. They're real sensitive to, to cold and wet. And uh, so the reason garden centers have, they, you know, they'll pl- get them started in pots in a nice warm spot and wait until the ground warms up, which is going to be middle of April, before they, they put them out. Because if they stay cold or wet or both, they're going to rot. I got you. What so you I might want to think, yeah, it, it work up your bed. You know, if you got some pretty good worked up beds, you know, and put uh-huh. little groups here. If you put a whole bunch of caladiums in a row, if one of them dies, everybody knows. But if you put them in little groups here and there and repeat the groups, then right. uh, some of them will make it. And uh, it idea. won't be so obvious those that don't. Right. 
Do you have a particular brand of pre-emergence that you favor? I know you no, don't not, do commercials. Well, it's, it's not, I, I don't mind recommending stuff, but the problem is those things change so much. And since I retired from the university, I, I don't keep track of you know the ingredients in them. I just know that that they've got pre- and plus some are off the market, some new changes and things. So, right, right. But gotcha. basically, choose a pre-emergence for your type of grass, and let's put it out sometime uh, late February, early March before the weeds start to sprout. Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you so much. Okay, Wally, appreciate it, man. Okay, now let's go to Donna in Meridian. Hey, Donna, thanks for calling. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. We're smelling some rosemary. Uh, the, our, our phone greeter is Rosemary Lewis, but by coincidence, I broke off a little piece of rosemary in the neighbor's yard just to smell when I walked in uh, to the studio today, and I'm thinking I'm going to take it home and root it. I love rosemary. What can I help you with today? Um, I have... Back, you know, in December when all the seed catalogs came, Mm -hmm. I impulsively bought a package of sweet peas. Yeah. When do I plant them? Is it too late to plant them for this year's bloom? No, I've never grown them. Well, here's the thing about sweet peas. Um, you know, I, I spend a good bit of time in, in, in other parts of the, the world. I do a lot of travel. Sweet peas do great all summer in places that stay cool at night. New England, California, right. England, places like that. They they don't like our hot, humid summer nights. But on the other hand, they don't like hard freezes. So they're sort of like uh-huh. one of those in-between plants, English peas, sweet peas. We need to plant them sometime this late this month and put them out and hope they have time to bloom before it gets hot, or else start some in the late summer and put them out, and they'll bloom well into the wintertime. They they bloom best in cool weather, which we have late spring Uh and late fall. So anyway, try some now, but also start some in September or or late August, and um, and they, they should bloom fine when it starts getting cool in the fall. Okay, I will try that. Okay. I have one other question, if I might. My nemesis is growing broccoli. Can you give me any hints? Yeah, it's the same as the sweet peas. They like cool weather. Grows all summer in England. Grows all summer in Iowa. But we have to plant it in between when the plant will freeze or when it gets too hot. So uh, most people, if you'll set out broccoli in late February... First part of May, I mean first part of March, it it'll ha- okay. it, it, we're past a hard freeze. You might need to cover them up, you know, a night or two, and they should uh-huh. produce before it gets too hot. And then again, set some more plants out in August, first part of September, and they'll have time to produce before it gets too cold. Uh huh. Okay. Let me give you a real right. quick. Let me give you a real quick tip about broccoli and cabbage. Okay. Get the little plants. Garden centers allow of all different kinds, but if a plant stays in that little seedling pot, if it dries out or gets hard or something, it never will quite pick back up. So get little plants, oh, put them in the okay. ground, and keep them growing steadily. If they ever shut down, they just don't pick back up. So don't don't go for the big ones. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you. Okay, Donna. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Okay, folks, we're going to be taking a break with some cheesy music in just a second. Let me throw out, though, uh, again, I am doing this this free home fruit seminar at Hutto's in Jackson. It's on Ellis Avenue right off of Interstate 20. starts at 9 o'clock, and there's usually a nice crowd. If it's raining, well, it doesn't matter because we're going to be inside anyway. And we have all different kind of fruits. I'm going to show you how to prune them and plant them and that kind of stuff. It's a free thing. I do it every year. Uh, and also, I'm going to be doing a, a, a talk on not just container gardening. That sounds so lame. Growing anything in 
anything. I've got some pretty bizarre things I'm going to show you that are fun. They're not too weird. They're fun. And some tasty and choice things, too. But that's going to be at the uh, Gulf Shores. I think it's called the Civic Center. I, I don't have my – I can't get into my, my, my phone. My, my, I got locked out of my emails because I couldn't remember my password. Anyway, it's, not, it's sponsored by the Friends of the Gulf Shores Library, but it's going to be at what I think is called the Civic Center in Gulf Shores. If you're not sure, hope to see you. It's starting at 11 o'clock next Wednesday. It's free. Look forward to seeing you there. Now, uh, you want to do that cheesy music? It is really bad, but it's about, you know, embrace it. Go for it. Stop hiding behind the pillow Whenever the dawn looks gray Get up, get out ooh, And meet the sun halfway There may be a fortune waiting Lots of gold or even an egg souffle <laughs> Get up, get out And meet the sun halfway Get into the tub And you begin to rub and scrub Give out with your version of the road to Mandalay You may even show little Abner The way to win Daisy May Get out, get out And meet the sun halfway Get up, oh, get out And meet the sun halfway Hello, the sun Get out, get out And meet the sun halfway Get into the tub Splash and you begin to rub and scrub Give out with your version of the road to Mandalay Don't ever expect the bright side Served up to you on a tray Get out, get out And meet the sun halfway Okie dokie folks, welcome back Horticulture's fellow Russian Let's talk about gardening You got something on your mind, give me a call It's free, it's toll free 1-877-MPB-RING Be glad to talk with you about stuff I know I sound like a broken record on some things Because I'm sort of a bottom line guy I don't sell anything It doesn't matter to me what you do or don't do If you want to have a weed free lawn You really need to get out and spray You need to get out and spray Because the weeds are up the things that are going to drive you nuts, the hen bits and the dandelions and the garlics and the hen and, and all that kind of stuff, the stickers, they're small, they're easy to see. Your grass is dormant, so the weed killers won't hurt it. Now's the time to do it. On the other hand, if you don't mind them, or if you're a, a mow what grows kind of person, which is, I think it's fine, I call it meadow lawn, uh, instead of just worrying about them, why don't you plant some? This past year, I went out and actually dug up some small dandelions and this little plant called lyre leaf sage, L-Y-R-E, lyre leaf sage. little flat plant, pretty leaves, green with burgundy stripes. It sends up these spires uh, about, oh, a foot, foot and a half or so tall with the most delicate, pale, lavender, orchid-looking flowers. And I plant those. There's also daffodils like tete-a-tete. You can plant those in your lawn so that the weeds aren't weeds, they're spring meadow plants. And then come summertime, it's time to mow the grass, just mow it. The the, the clover, the dandelion, the, the violets, all this stuff, it disappears when it gets hot. So you can have a summer lawn and a winter and spring meadow 
in the same space, just different time of the year. So don't feel like you got to spray. Don't feel like you got to control all that stuff. You don't. Matter of fact, it's getting to be kind of trendy to have a meadow lawn. On the other hand, if you want control, now's the time to do it. Don't be calling me in <laughs> April about your stickers. <laughs> Before we go to the um, to the phones, yeah. Felder, uh, longtime listener, one of our favorite callers, Marlou, uh-huh. called in and she wanted to tell you that that Tiny Tim song uh-huh. that was on a different register <laughs> that I like. Uh, she said it brought her back uh, great memories, uh, and she, she appreciates you for playing that uh, one. You bet, you bet. A lot of people misunderstand Tiny Tim. They, they, they misunderstand because it's falsetto, you know, and he does. But all the tunes he sang were real popular at one time, 1920s and 30s and all. They were really good crooning type of popular songs. He just did it with a falsetto. And he was also, believe it or not, a consummate musician. He just cho- he just used a weird instrument. That's his falsetto voice. Anyway, let's go to Port Gibson. Hey, Linda, what a pretty, pretty village you live in. Oh, um, calling from Port Gibson. Yes, ma'am. Yes. I need to know, um, last year uh, we didn't have this cold weather, but the time that we did, um, I brought my Confederate rose in. Uh-huh. And, uh, but however, this year, you know, with the cold and everything, it just looks dead. I mean, can I revive it? Uh, is it, did you bring it in or is it still outside? I brought it in. Oh, I, I, you know, it, 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 it's hard to say. You know, outside, the Confederate rose what some people call cotton leaf mallow, by the way, it dies down the ground and it'll come back up from the roots. See, so, you know, it can survive the winter. It just, you know, dies down and comes back up. So uh, what you could do is is uh, take take your fingernail or a, or a fingernail clipper or something like that and lightly scratch the bark on it down close to the where it comes out of the dirt. And if it's mm-hmm. green, if it's green, Linda, right up under the bark, if it's got a little green, it's alive. It'll sprout back out. Uh, so, you know, and, and you sc- keep on scratching from the top down. And if you find brown, 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 when you get to green, cut it off right there, and the part that's left will sprout right back out. Thank you very much. I enjoyed listening to your program. Well, thanks for being part of it, Linda. Thank you for calling. All righty. Let's go now to Brandon. Hey, Jerry. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, i got a question. I've been working the past two days trying to get my garden ready for my vegetables. Uh-huh. Uh, it laid fallow last year, so I had a job of briars and stuff like that. I've got all those cleaned out. I'm sure there's roots underneath. I dug them out as best I could. What would be my next step to prep my garden? Oh, so, so you get you got it rowed up and everything, right? Well, no, it's just just broken I, I was up. Wondering if I turned it under before I maybe put some paper down to yeah, yeah, wait. Yeah. I'm not going to plan until probably around April. Well, well, I, you know, if it, if you wait, you know, it's it'll, it'll be better because you know you got to you got to row it up before if you row it up too early the rain's going to mash it down and by the way i would use cardboard not paper because paper blows away cardboard you put it down there but if you you know if if you got some pretty good dirt you can wait until before you plant in april to to, to turn it under if you want to okay. go ahead and get started and break it up good and deep you know i mean nice and deep then it'll be easier to till and plant a little bit later 
But there, there's Does that no, help with the weeds? Not really. Most of the weeds were, that that are over the winter time, you know, you can turn those on and now and they'll and that'll take care of them. But it's not going to do anything for the summer weeds. You know, you you need yeah. to, uh-huh. you know, because those seeds will start sprouting. And, and a lot of the the summer weeds are perennials anyway. You, you know, they're going to come up for little bits of roots and stuff. So. You know, if you're getting ready to plant some early stuff like broccoli and cabbage and carrots and beets and things like that, I'd go ahead and get started. But if you're gonna, if not gonna plant till April, I'd wait till next month. Okay, sounds good. And and I'm gonna see you tomorrow because I have two apple trees and a peach tree, and I really need some information on those. So I was planning on coming tomorrow. All righty. Well, if you can't make it, give me a call anytime. Thank you. Okay, Jerry. Appreciate it. She's talking about a uh, fruit tree seminar, fruit plant, landscape. I'm not talking about orchards. You want to plant an orchard, fine, that's great. But if you just got a yard, you want to have some blueberries or a fig or, you know, maybe a pomegranate or or a hearty orange or, you know, any of those kind of things, Uh, quince and maybe a peach tree. We're going to be doing that starting at 9 o'clock at Hutto's on Ellis Avenue in Jackson. Let's go all the way down to Woodville, Mississippi. Hey, Nanette, how are you? Good. How you doing, Felda? Fine, fine, fine. Look, last year my husband and I made these um, boxes out of old tin and just we cut down some trees and made these eight, um, eight by four containers. We kind of did the hugo culture where we put old branches, dead uh-huh. branches, and leaves, and then just soil. Right. And they did real good. I mean, we put vegetables in it, and they were just beautiful. And um, Really, especially like squash and zucchini, did great, better mm-hmm. than on the ground. Right. But then I get ants in there, you know, toward the end of the yeah. fall. And I hadn't dealt with it because I don't want to put anything that's going to burn my, you know, vegetables. Yeah. You know. Um, so what do you suggest? I know there might be some natural ant poisons or... Well, there, there, there are. And it, it, here, here's the deal. For, first of all, you're going to have more ants come in. Uh, you know the the fire ants, particularly, they tend to spread when it starts warming and in rain. In late March and April is when they start splitting their mouths up and spreading. So you're gonna have a whole bunch of new ones come in March and April. That's just when they spread the most. And then over the summertime, they sort of settle down into a few mounds here and there. So if you could learn to just garden around them or garden quick, they actually aerate the soil. You know they're well, not. That's what I figured. And yeah. I, and I, you know, I have been gardening around them, but they are the fire ants. Too. Yeah. Well, the, but as, as far as killing them, the, the truth is, it, and I, I try to be as organic as I can. I try to avoid chemicals if right. I can. Uh, but the truth is, the things that they use that you mix up with water or you put on the mouths, fire ants, they're not going to hurt your vegetables if you don't get them on your vegetables. They don't. They're not. They don't move. They don't translocate into the plant. See, so if you want to treat the individual mounds, you could be a foot away from a squash plant. It won't hurt the squash plant at all. It really won't. And okay. the, the the stuff you can buy today. Now, twenty years ago, we had some bad stuff, and it would right. last a long time. The stuff you can buy today, it matter of fact, it's so it's, it's so so sensitive that if you mix up these liquid insecticides today, by tomorrow, it's gone because it, yeah. it's neutralized in 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 uh, alkaline. So you got to work quick, and they be done. So if you want to treat the ants. Do it late in the day when the ants are in the mound. Treat just the mound. Do a good job of it and keep on going. It won't hurt your vegetables. Okay. And one other quick thing. I think you might be talking about it soon. But I have these salt lick big containers, you know, 
And I was thinking about doing potatoes tonight. Should mm-hmm. I lay them? Right, I'm going to plant potatoes this weekend. Well, I, I want to plant some, too. But can you use those big containers and just kind of, are you going to talk about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, how big are the containers? Well, they're probably about um, two and a half feet across, yeah. and they're deep. Yeah, you you can grow potatoes in a five gallon bucket or a, a a tire. You know, here's the deal though: when you take your potatoes, you cut them up in little pieces with the eyes on them, let them dry for a couple of three days. Plant them, you know, in your containers. Have some pretty good potting soil, uh, a little bit of fertilizer, and plant them in that just covered up oh two or three inches. And when they sprout. As they grow, just fill it up with leaves or pine straw or stuff. The, potato, the potatoes grow on the stem of the plant as it grows up as long as it's in the dark. So plant the seed pieces in some potting soil or, or, or dirt or whatever, a little fertilizer. And as soon as they come up, cover them up with leaves or pine straw. When it pokes through that, cover them up and sort of tease them upward. Every time you see some green stuff, just cover it up. And then they'll grow in that darkness. Okay. All right, well, I'm gonna try that. Thank okay. you so much. Good luck on it. Okay, bye bye. Hey, you can uh, plant potato, work up a little uh, area in uh, in 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 the the dirt, and as they grow, pile dirt up to them. But you can also plant them and then put a tire, just plain old car tire around it, fill it up with leaves. And when they poke up through that, stick another tire on top, fill it with leaves, and it comes up. Keep on doing that, and you'll end up with tires full of taters. Tires full of taters. Let's go to Jackson. Hey, Jim, thank you for calling. Good morning, Felder. Jim Rosenblatt Howdy. here. I've How are you doing? i a question. Okie doke. Uh, first of all, I'll comment. You had suggested I use some corn, uh, cottonseed meal on my garden. Right. I finally found some. Uh, Huddo's yeah. uh, carries it in 5, 10, and 20-pound bags. So right. I'm going to be putting that down this weekend. So thanks for that. And then secondly, I've got a camellia bush at the house. It's filled with buds, but it still hasn't bloomed. And I wondered if the cold weather perhaps has snapped that back. Do you think there's a chance that it will bloom? Uh, this is the camellia japonica that usually blooms in the, in the late winter and spring. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. There's some on mine, some buds on mine that got burned, but there's some that look pretty firm. So it, it's just going to be the look of the draw. You know, you can, if if you're not sure, if you've got enough on there, uh, take some pruning shears and just snip through a couple of them and see if, they, if they're brown on the inside. If they're not, the plant will go ahead and bloom. It should bloom. I, you know, I was raised with camellias 150 miles north of here, you know, and they almost never fail to bloom. But it's not too late in the year? Oh, no, no, no. I think a camellia japonica, I think I'm blooming starting in February. But usually I'm thinking uh, March and April when they bloom. Okay. Well, thanks so much. And right. Have a nice show this oh, weekend. Let me ask you this. That cottonseed meal, uh, is, uh, cottonseed meal it only takes uh, about 15 pounds, about a pound and a half or so to 100 square feet. That's not even a quart jar full for a 10-foot by 10-foot area. Just, well, I've got I've got ten pounds of it. Well, that's enough to do a uh, thousand square feet. <laughs> don't don't overdo it, okay? Thank you, sir. <laughs> you bet. Appreciate it. Bye, <laughs> Okay, folks, you want to give us a call? It's one eight seven seven MPB ring eight seven seven MPB ring. I'm gonna be down in Gulf Shores this this coming uh, Wednesday, which is gonna be good because the, the traffic won't be so bad. You know, Mardi Gras is coming up Tuesday. It's gonna be cray cray, folks. If you want to get you some uh, some king cake, we got some nice king cake. I don't know if Java, if you had a bite of this or not, mighty good, mighty good. Mm mm mm. 
I have to say um, thank you to Paul's Pastry Shop down in Picayune. They have uh, some of the best king cake mm. around, and I can just I can say that personally. I'm licking my fingers here. Horticulture's fell a rush with sticky fingers. I'm going to be talking about gardening right until the end of the hour. You want know, to give us a call? Toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING or email me. I'll be able to get my email soon, as soon as I figure my password out. Garden at mpbonline.org. We can come right back with more of your garden calls right after this. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and a state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back to Horticulture's Fellow Rushing. Again, you can email me during the week. I'm, I'm locked out of my, my, my email right now because I forgot my password and I ran up too many attempts trying to guess it. But uh, they said I can try again around noon or something. But shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Let's go uh, to Meridian and talk with Susan. Good morning, lady. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. What's up? Um, last year, I was at the store, and they had this poor little blueberry plant that was reduced to almost nothing. Uh-huh. I brought it home and put it in, just put it in some dirt in the garden. Now, I know you have to have two blueberry plants in order no, to get you don't. it. No, blueberry. you don't. No, you don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can have more blueberries if you have two different varieties. Because right. there's some that are bloom mid, early, mid, and late season, and if you have some of all, you'll have more per plant and a longer season. But one blueberry will make blueberries. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. I always thought you needed two or more. Yep, as you know, sometimes people they you know they they can't just keep it simple. They got to get all complicated, and I'm not that way. Okay, all right. So, but I do plan to buy some more just. To have more. Yeah, go go so, to a, go to a place that has named varieties though, because a lot of the stuff that they sell at big box stores may not be the best varieties for Central Mississippi. There's they sell blueberries that grow up north, or right. blueberries that grow further south. But you know you want to get you know what they call rabbit eye blueberries. Okay. And uh, if they got names on them, be sure you have at least two different. You don't need two bushes of the same kind. You'll have better. Results if you have two different varieties planted side by side. Okay, thank you. Okay, hey, have you have you checked Susan to see if you got buds on it for this spring or not? Uh, it 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 really almost looks like it might not make it. I looked at it the other day, <laughs> but I'm gonna try. Well, it, blueberries are a little bit different. They're sort of like azaleas. They don't have a taproot and all all like that. They like to have a little real peat moss. It's the only time I recommend. Peat moss, Canadian peat oh, moss, okay. is worked into your native dirt an area, oh, bigger than you can put your arm around. Maybe two and a half, three feet across, add two or three shovels of peat moss to your native dirt. They'll grow a whole lot better. I will do that. Thank okay. you. You bet, Susan. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Okay, let's slide up almost to Memphis, to South Haven. Hey, John, good morning. Hey there, Felda. What's up? Uh, is now a good time to put out hydrangeas? Yeah, you you can if it, a plant that's grown in a container, you can plant any time you can dig a hole. But if you plant them oh. now, you know, then they'll have a chance to get kind of established before it gets, you know, too hot this summer. Okay, and I have a a question about seeds. Mm-hmm. Is now a good time to start seeds for the spring? 
You mean things like uh, things for the summertime, summertime yeah. plan? I would wait a little bit because, you know, up in Memphis, we, you know, we, it, it, you really shouldn't set stuff out until at least the first part of April. And so if you start okay. them now, they're going to get too big too quick. And uh, by the way, when you do get ready to start them, uh, you know, start them indoors where it's nice and warm. As soon as they sprout, every chance you get, put them outside where they get real sunshine. Real sunshine and cool temperatures will make the plants sturdier okay. and stockier. If you keep them inside, they're going to get leggy and floppy. And only drag them in if it's going to actually freeze. Okay. And one more question. Mm-hmm. I have some old gallon plastic jugs that I've cut the bottoms out of. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if I set stuff out early, if I put this over them, if that'll protect them from freezing. Not for free. It'll protect them from frost and maybe a mild okay. temporary freeze. And uh, by the way, if you do that, keep the cap off of the you know, keep your cap, but take it off because it, when the sun shines on there, it'll over, it'll steam plants. So leave that oh, hole okay. open in the top. And then if it's going to get cold, if it's going to get down in the 30s or something, just put the cap over it. That'll trap that heat that, in there. But just take it off when okay. the sun comes out. And one last thing, John, when you plant your hydrangeas, dig the hole nice and wide. And when you pull it out of the pot, this is hard for people to do, but the plant really do better if you loosen up the potting soil and the roots, stir this potting soil into your dirt. Don't just pull it out and stick it in the in the ground. Loosen the roots up. Okay. How, how deep do I, do I have to go with the you don't really, you know, this is an you only need to dig a hole just really deep enough to set the plant in, maybe loosen it up a little bit deeper, but you don't want to set the plant lower than it was growing in the pot. And so if right, you if you right. dig a hole that's maybe a shovel deep and two or three feet across and then loosen the potting soil up, plant it a little on the high side because it's going to settle down a little bit. And then cover the area with leaves and, or, or bark or something, you'll be ready to go. Okay, and, and uh, how well drained? Does that need to be? They will not take standing water. Okay. Good luck on it, man. Thank you. All righty, folks. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Got plenty of time to yak with you about what's going on in your garden. Let's go over to Greenville. Hey, Gloria, how are you? I'm fine. Good. What's up? How are you? So far, so good. <laughs> listen, can well, you li- well, listen? Listen to this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. When I grew up at. On the penitentiary in Arkansas, uh-huh. my daddy was a farm manager. Yep, and he grew bows and berries. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Boys and berries, yeah. Bows and berries. How come we don't grow them here more? Well, they they really don't like the hot, humid. It's like raspberries. Raspberries will grow here. Boys and berries will grow here, but they grow better in cooler climates, further north. They don't like our hot, humid summer nights. They they just oh, don't. Okay. And so you know, daddy had. I mean, a bushel. I mean, he had. A big crop of them. Uh huh. Well, they, they'll then grow back whenever they made their own jellies and you know their own. They had their own pasteurization and the prison took care of itself. Right, back right, then, right. In the seventies. Right. Well, the, again, boys and berries. A lot depends on the variety. Just like any other kind of fruit, there's different varieties, and some will take the heat and humidity better than others. I can't tell you oh, the okay. name off the top of my head, but I've got that in a. I actually wrote a book called Growing uh, f- Fruits in Mississippi, uh, similar one for Arkansas, Georgia, all like that. And I've got yeah, the. Yeah, this was Sandy Knoll ground. I mean, yeah. it, it was really good ground. Yeah, the main thing is coming up with the best variety. If you like boys and berries, but you know we got some fruits that do a little bit better. But uh, raspberries, boys and berries, 
uh, they just they, they they do better in places where it cools down at night. That's all it is. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. All right, thank you, sweetie. I appreciate okay, it. Okay, all right, Gloria, appreciate your call. Bye-bye. Boysenberries. You know, you just don't see many anything. And raspberries, um, again, you know, you see them growing up in Canada. So it's not the cold weather gets them. It's the, the heat and humidity at 3 in the morning in June and July and August. And that's what gets these kind of plants. But anyway, there are ways to get around all these stupid rules. People say you can't do this and you can't do that. There's ways around it. Uh, just got to be a little bit clever. It's like growing rhubarb. I mean, I don't even know anybody that eats rhubarb. It's, but if you live up in Iowa or Ohio or someplace like that, if you don't have a pie plant in your yard, because you don't have any friends. But a rhubarb doesn't like our hot, humid summer nights or the, the heavy rains. But you can get away from that by planting in a raised bed on the east side or something for drainage, protection of hot afternoon sun. What, what I'm saying is there's there's workarounds for a lot of gardening things. So I've tried to get away from a long career saying do this and don't do that. And now I'm trying to say let's have some fun. It's either going to work or it's not. If you're trying to get a commercial production, I wouldn't go in a commercial boysenberry production. That doesn't mean you can't try some on the side of your house. Uh, we are going to be talking about fruit at Hutto's tomorrow starting at 9 o'clock in Jackson. Going to be talking about growing all sorts of things and all foods and vegetables and herbs and flowers and shrubs and stuff in a wide variety of containers, including raised beds and green roofs and all like that. That's going to be this coming uh, Wednesday, uh, Valentine's Day at Gulf Shores. I think it's a civic center. I don't have my notes with me right now, but uh, call the library in Gulf Shores or uh, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Uh, been talking a lot about, I did a lot of traveling. You know, I went literally from one side of Europe to the other, you know, taking pictures of winter gardens, interviewing horticulturists, what grows well in the middle of the winter. Because, you know, July. And January are tough months for gardeners, and there's stuff Java that'll grow out there, stuff that'll grow. And I, I, I can only imagine, guy, you, especially like a, a gardener such as yourself. Well, I don't know, maybe not like you, because you don't like to get in your garden. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, but you know, <laughs> but, but some people are itching, like they just think this is the worst time of the month for them. <laughs> no, no, you can. Matter of fact, right now I've got all sorts of stuff growing in my yard. I've got kale, stuff I could eat right now that I planted back in the fall. There's stuff that'll take it. My approach is find out what does really, really well and plant that. And I learned that from from listeners, from visiting with with uh, gardeners of small towns, with. Uh, uh, just scratching and sniffing, scratching and sniffing. That's my approach. And before we get out of here, I know I said Paul's Pastry yeah. on P- in Picayune yep. has some of the best. But I want to thank uh, Broad Street Bakery for also having some very delicious uh, king cake, which we are having today. Yep, Jeff Good's a great, great guy. Folks, the uh, Gestalt Gardens production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. My producer's been the laid-back but hard-working Java Chapman. Rosemary Lewis has been our phone greeter. Uh, I'm your host, Felder Rushing. I'll be thinking of you to get out and do a little pruning, maybe roots and rose cutting, start my Irish potatoes. Hope your garden is faring well. Main thing is for those who see every day as a new day is another chance to give it a go. Go to a garden center, farmer's market, take a kid on a field trip, see if you can find an opportunity to show others what we do best, and that's get dirty. See y'all next week.